Ruth chapter 3. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose, whom servants you've been a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley in, on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself. Put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go, uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kingsman redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a near kin, there is a kingsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem you, good. Let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here till morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized, and she said, Don't let it, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it, hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came home to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Thanks, Janet. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, it's great to be with you. Uh, my name is uh, Tim. Uh, I'm part of the church family here. Uh, before we get going, can I just... Shall I pray uh, as we come to God's words? Heavenly Father, as we've just sung, we pray that you would open our eyes that we would see the glorious truths that are within your words. As we read this story, would you help us to see the truth about you that is revealed within it? Help us to see all of your precious promises. 
help us to open our eyes that we would see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What does faith in a promise-keeping God look like? Uh, Many of us uh, will know lots about God, lots of truths and facts. We know that God reveals himself in the Bible as a a redeemer, that he makes promises and covenants, uh, and he keeps them. But what should our faith in him actually look like? What does it look like to really commit ourselves to him, to, to trust him, to live relying on him? in our everyday lives. Now, the book of Ruth is, is a lovely story, isn't it? Uh, a story of, of good people who are blessed by God. Perhaps, but perhaps so far it seemed uh, very far away. Uh, a story of, that has strange customs in it. Uh, uh, places that seem very unrelatable. But the book of Ruth was written to encourage God's people uh, in a very different time and place to the one that it describes. Uh, And then, just as now, everyone around them worshipped something other than God. Uh, There were people who were finding themselves in hardship. There were other people uh, who had the good times. And uh, always, God's people faced questions of how to live for him. So Ruth shows us God at work, quietly but undeniably. And as he works, we see the real concrete faith of his people. Now I realize it's the summer. Many of you uh, might have been away over the last few weeks or or just visiting. Um, So here's a quick recap of where we've got to. Uh, We're in the time of the judges uh, when Israel was living for itself, and not God, and doing badly as a result. We've met one particular family who've left the promised land because of famine and gone to Moab, which is a bit of an odd choice given the history of their two nations. The father died, and then his two sons, leaving just the mother, Naomi, and her two widowed daughters-in-law. Naomi decides to go back to Bethlehem, and in an amazing piece of family loyalty, uh, Ruth commits herself. Uh, She insists on going with her, uh, leaving behind everything that she's ever known. She covenants herself to Naomi, to Naomi's people, and to Naomi's God. And then uh, we're introduced to, to Boaz, Naomi's relative, who in this judge's world of uh, doing whatever seems right in your own eyes, uh, this is one man who still seems to be trusting God and doing the right thing. Ruth goes to to glean in the fields, picking up uh, what the harvesters miss, and just happens uh, to find herself uh, in Boaz's field, this relative. Boaz takes care of Ruth, uh, having heard what she's done uh, for her mother-in-law. Okay, everyone with me? Uh, the majority of chapter 3 that we're looking at this evening uh, breaks into three sections, each focused on one of the three main characters of the book. 
which is handy for 3.7. So we're going to look at uh, Naomi's confident initiative, Ruth's trusting faithfulness, and Boaz's generous response. And as we look at each of these characters, we're going to find some lessons about what true faith in a promise-keeping redeemer looks like. So first, Naomi's confident initiative. Thanks to Boaz, Ruth has been getting far more from gleaning than you would probably expect. But she and Naomi are still poor. The family land has been sold. They still had no one to protect them. Their situation would still have been very precarious. And now the harvest was coming to an end, which means there was no more gleaning that they could do. They needed something much more permanent, a permanent solution. So Naomi, perhaps having realized that with Ruth alongside her, she's not quite as empty as she thought, she comes up with a plan. But to understand this plan, we need to understand just a couple of customs from the time. As I'm guessing for, for many of you as you read that through for the first time, uh, it might seem a bit of an odd plan. Now we know, I hope, that God cares for the poor and for the widows. And so he had given Israel uh, various laws to protect and provide for these kind of people, which we can read in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. The gleaning that Ruth has been doing uh, is one of those. And another that it appears in Ruth is Leverite marriage. Don't worry about the name. Uh, but it's where a relative of a man who died without children uh, could marry his widow, and their first son uh, would be considered the dead man's, able to inherit his name and property. That provided a protector for the widow, who otherwise would be very vulnerable. Uh, And it kept the family name going, which would have been vitally important in Israel. With Elimelech and his two sons dead in Moab, Naomi's only hope for their name to not be lost is for someone to marry Ruth in this way. That's the the Leverite marriage. The other custom is that the kingsman redeemer at some point, as I said, Elimelech's land has been sold. Uh, and so for Naomi to complete her journey from empty to full that runs throughout Ruth, uh, she needs to get that land back. Uh, and the law that God gave made it the responsibility of uh, close male relatives to, to buy back the land in this place, in cases like this, to, to redeem it so that it wasn't lost as a reflection of God's original gift of land to the nation. Uh, In chapter 2, we find that Boaz is not just a relative, uh, as we're initially introduced to him as, but if you look at verse 20, we're told he is one of their kingsmen, redeemers. And we'll see more about what that redemption actually entails next week uh, in chapter 4, but we need to uh, know about it for today. So, to to the story. At verse 1, One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to Ruth, My daughter, should I not try to find a home, uh, find rest for you, where you will be well provided for? 
Now, you may have already realized that Naomi is not the kind of stereotypical mother-in-law that you don't get on with. Right from chapter 1, even when things were going so badly for her, she has wished rest for her daughters-in-law. But now, now she's going to do something about it. See, she's spotted an opportunity. Verse 2, Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you have been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. This man, whose field Ruth just happened to be in, just happened to be a relative, and has proved his reputation as a man of standing, a worthy man. And so Naomi sees that. She takes it as God's work, and she takes the initiative. So this, this is the plan. Ruth is to get all dressed up, effectively, as a bride. After weeks of hard work gleaning, she's to get rid of the dust of the field, put on the makeup and the perfume, dig out the high heels from the cupboard, find her best dress. She's to head out to town, out of town as dusk falls, out to the farm where the winnowing turns into a party as night falls. She needs to be careful not to be seen, and then she's to find Boaz's bed. And it's not a plan without risk. There's danger of, of scandal, even of attack. There's a village uh, full of gossipers peeking through the curtains, uh, wondering why this widow has taken off her mourning clothes uh, and dressed up. There's all the young men at the farm. Maybe some of them have had too, many, too much to drink. And there's no way of being sure uh, of what Boaz will do uh, when he finds her. But Naomi has confidence that God will protect her and confidence that Boaz will do the right thing. And that confidence, that faith, leads her to action. How different this is to the bitter Mara who first returned from Moab. Naomi, she never turned from God, but at that point, she had no confidence uh, that God was working for her good. No confidence to step out in faith. But now, now she has seen God's blessing through Ruth and through Boaz. And that gives her confidence to take the opportunity that he puts in front of them. So this is the, the first thing to see about true faith. True faith is active. Naomi could have just sat and waited for Boaz or someone else to come and help them. But that kind of passive faith ignores how God works. Naomi knows that God has put in place these laws about Leverett marriage and the Kingsman Redeemer. She knows that Ruth and Boaz's meeting wasn't just by chance. It was directed by God, and so she acts. And despite all the risks and uncertainties that the plan entails. Faith today is not a safe thing. The easy way for us would be 
uh, to sit back, uh, wait for Jesus to return. But we see that true faith requires action. First, in, in, in turning uh, from our old life uh, and committing ourselves to God. And then every day in ongoing confidence in God's work and promises. So whether that's uh, being bold enough to move the conversation uh, in, uh, the, at the water cooler uh, to Jesus, or entirely uh, changing your life around to go and serve God in a new place, uh, or somewhere between those uh, two extremes. Now, true faith requires action based on the confidence uh, of knowing God is at work. So Naomi puts together the plan, uh, and now it's up to Ruth to put it into action. So second, Ruth's trusting faithfulness. Uh, if Naomi's confidence leads her to action, uh, Ruth's trust in her mother-in-law, her trust in God, and her trust in Boaz lead her to faithfulness. So d- despite uh, the risks, Ruth follows the plan exactly. She gets dressed up. She makes herself look as good as possible. She covers her head to try and avoid being recognized. She heads up to the threshing floor, slips off the heels, tiptoes into position. The music is playing softly in the background. Boaz is sleeping gently. Ruth carefully moves the sheet off his feet. Anyone uh, who happened to look in at this point uh, would come to one conclusion about what's going on, and it wouldn't be PG-rated or at all good for Ruth's reputation. And so there in the darkness, at the moment comes, verse 8, in the middle of the night, something startled the man, and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? He asked. This is as far as Naomi's plan goes. And so Ruth uh, has to take the step forward, trusting that Boaz will do as she hopes. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. Now, this seems to be a a way of her asking him to marry her. Uh, And the language suggests that this is going to be a fulfillment uh, of Boaz's blessing in in 2, verse 12. Uh, The wings of the Lord manifest themselves in the wings of Boaz and his garment. But before we jump to uh, conclusions that this is some uh, great romantic uh, love story, where the guy gets the girl despite the obstacles. Uh, We need to make sure we're uh, seeing the same things that the author uh, writes about. See, Boaz's next words uh, suggest the real motivation behind Ruth's actions. Verse 10, The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger man, whether rich or poor. See, Ruth clearly had other options uh, for marriage. 
men closer in age, presumably more physically attractive to her. But she's choosing Boaz. Why? It's because of her covenant with Naomi. That's, that's the earlier kindness that Boaz is referring to, the one that he had praised uh, in the chapter before in the field. Uh, Ruth committing herself to her seemingly empty mother-in-law. Ruth had said that she would stay with her, whatever happened, that their fortunes would now be tied together. And so now this greater kindness, well, it's Ruth remaining faithful to that covenant. It's not a kindness to Boaz. It's kindness to Naomi. That Ruth seeks this Leverite marriage, that she goes to, to Boaz as Naomi's relative in order to save Elimelech's name uh, rather than seeking her own preferences. So this teaches us something else uh, about faith, that it is based on covenants, on promises. Ruth doesn't propose uh, to Boaz because she believes in her ability to seduce him. She trusts in the covenants that she is now a part of. Ruth is faithful to her covenant with Naomi, and she trusts Boaz to be faithful to Israel's covenant with God. See, faith is not blind based on nothing, nor is it believing despite the evidence. It is based on the promises that God has made and the evidence that he has already kept so many of those promises. Now, today we're at a, a much later stage in God's salvation plan, and so we have Jesus' promises to look to. Because Jesus trusted his Father and his promises in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went to the cross and was raised again in fulfillment of the promises. And so, as Christians united with him, we can trust that he is preparing a place for us, that in all things he works for our good, and in all the other things that he promises us. So when you feel lacking in faith, as I'm sure we all do at times, uh, when the world around us ridicules faith, when there seems to be very little good going on, uh, look to God's promises. Trust him, and so stick to his covenants. Well, there's one more uh, character for us to look at. Uh, Boaz's generous response. Ruth has uh, shown herself and effectively proposed. Boaz seems pleased uh, with her actions. He's not kicked her out yet or, or woken the others to ridicule this woman dressed up as a bride after midnight. Uh, but we're still wondering, is he going to do it? Will he choose to fulfill the role that Ruth and Naomi have asked of him? Or, or will he find a way out. Will he do it? Verse 11. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. 
I will do for you all that you ask. Yes, this is it. Ruth's problems are over. Boaz will redeem them. But there's a catch. Boaz might be a kinsman redeemer, but there is actually another one who is more closely related. Boaz isn't actually required to do anything at all. The responsibility rightly falls on this other. But, see, Boaz isn't just concerned with the letter of the law, uh, who ought to do this. He has already decided to extend his generosity to Ruth, whether or not he is the one who actually ends up uh, redeeming and marrying. So he ensures that, that she is safe, uh, that no scandal gets out about this late-night meeting. He gives Ruth a, a very generous gift to take home, and he heads off to business. And that's where we're left for now, uh, waiting to see if Boaz, this man that we've found to be so kind and gentle and generous and committed, really is going to be Ruth's and Naomi's redeemer, or whether it will be this anonymous other kinsman. I think it's clear who we should be uh, rooting for. But for Naomi, it's not an anxious wait. Have a look at verse 18. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happened. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Naomi knows Boaz's character. She's heard from Ruth how he responded to the proposal. And she knows that he won't waste time. He has said he will do it, and so he will. Which brings us to a final lesson in faith. True faith in the promise-keeping Redeemer produces a response. Naomi's confident initiative and Ruth's trusting faithfulness leads to Boaz acting. Chiefly in this story, Boaz is a shadow of Christ. As Boaz steps in to fulfill his role as the Redeemer when called upon, he sets a pattern that Jesus fulfills as he goes to the cross to redeem all of us. Not out of obligation, but out of love. Love more generous than we could imagine. So if we have put our faith in that true Redeemer, we can be sure that it is not wasted or will be let down. Jesus too responds, don't be afraid. I have done everything for you. So three characters, each joined by covenants, each living out true faith in God. Naomi's confident initiative, Ruth's trusting faithfulness, and Boaz's generous response pointing us uh, to Jesus and his greater redeeming. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this story of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. We thank you for each character and what they have to teach us about you and about what it looks like uh, to live for you. 
We pray that you would help us uh, to have confidence in your promises, to trust that you will keep them, and to be ready and active, uh, waiting for you to respond and fulfill them. Help us to have that true faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, Tim, we have got a number of questions here. Mm, Excellent. Um, And uh, we will do as many as we can. Um, There are some that are quite challenging, so we we will do our best. So, Tim, the first one is, in the absence of kinsman redeemer laws, or a Naomi, how should you go about finding a husband in the Lord's way today? Oh, that's um, a great one. Yeah, I may not be the best person to answer this. Um, but, I mean, first of all, uh, the Book of Ruth is not an instruction manual uh, on how to do dating. Um, I don't suggest you go and lie at the foot of someone's bed without them knowing. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think probably more helpful are uh, several New Testament passages um, that talk about uh, how to find the right person to marry. Um, first of all, that they are godly um, and seeking to, to follow God, uh, which is what we see in Boaz, isn't it? That um, that is where he is. Um, and Ruth uh, are both good examples. They are seeking to, to follow God, um, and they find uh, someone to do that that with. Um, but yeah, it's not not a question that Ruth is trying to answer. I think. Yeah. Very very helpful. Thank you. Okay. Um, in the absence of kinsmen... Oh, sorry, I'm reading the same one again. One's moved up. Okay, here we go. The Lord forbade Israelites from intermarrying with the peoples around them. How could Boaz marry Ruth without breaking the law? Okay, yeah, great question. Um, so the, the laws that the Israelites followed in this regard kind of do develop over time, and they become more strict as kind of Israel becomes more insular. Um, uh, but actually, um, and that wasn't um, the, the reason for that was that uh, the people around them didn't follow God, uh, and so they were, um, in order to uh, keep them following following God, uh, to uh, avoid them being dragged away, they were told not to marry um, from other nations. Uh, but actually, um, the marriage of Ruth and Boaz is is fulfilling. Um, what God has promised, um, that the reason that God has chosen Israel as his people, we're told, uh, is to be a light for the other nations. Um, that's uh, right from the promise uh, to, to Abraham. Um, and then throughout, uh, you know, Isaiah talks about it, um, that uh, God's people uh, were, were there to... Um, uh, reach out to the nations uh, so that the nations would, would come to them and come to God. Uh, and this, this marriage is, or, or will be, we haven't got to the marriage yet. Um, <laughs> Don't give the game away. Uh, but uh, yeah, this, this joining of, of Ruth uh, and Boaz actually demonstrates how, what, what should be happening. Um, a, a Moabitess, um, it's really emphasized, we saw in last um, chapter two that, that she's a Moabitess. And yet, she has made this covenant uh, with Naomi, and more importantly, with God. She has said, I'm going to go with, with you. Um, and so, uh, I'm sure there were plenty of people in the village who uh, didn't want her to, to marry Boaz. Uh, but actually, that is uh, a great picture 
uh, of what uh, God wanted for Israel uh, and what he does for all of us. You know, he brings us in from the outside, doesn't he? To be his people. To yeah. be his people, yeah. uh, even though we, we yeah. are not his people. Uh, yeah. He invites us all in. Because um, it's not actually, it's not a, a racial issue, is no. it? So it's not between an Israelite and a Moabite. It's between those who love the Lord and those who don't love the Lord. Exactly. And that's the issue. Not, it's not an issue of race here. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, now, there's two that we're going to join together, which is, does it not appear that Ruth was trying to seduce Boaz? Um, and is it that Ruth and especially Naomi is scheming rather than trusting God to get a result? Mm. I think they're both coming from actually is what they're doing not right and scheming and a lack of trust in God. Yeah, it can definitely seem like that as we read it, can't it? Um, so it's a really good question. Um, and there is, um, you know, uh, we're not, uh, Alex really helpfully last week said um, that we're, uh, we're not told that Ruth is attractive. Um, we're told Esther's attractive, a few other women, but generally we're not told what people look like in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have no idea whether she was uh, attractive. Um, but there does seem to be sort of some sexual tension going on. There's a repetition of lying down. Um, there's, you know, the author is not shying away from that. Um, it, it, it has to be kept secret so that there's no scandal. Um, but I think the, um, the way the author uh, presents this story is that um, because Ruth and Boaz are, are both worthy people, um, we're told, uh, Boaz um, says of uh, Ruth in verse 11 that um, all my fellow townsmen know that you're a woman of noble character. Um, and that is the same description as uh, the, the worthy woman at the end of Proverbs who set out as the, the way to be a wise woman. Yeah. Um, so I think all the way through, the author is emphasizing that they are godly people um, and uh, they are, uh, it, it's unconventional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's certainly a surprise they, they get, mm-hmm. the way they go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they, they do do um, the right thing. Yeah. And, and doesn't it actually follow on from your point that actually true faith takes action? Mm. If actually they'd sat there and done nothing, that was actually not true faith. You, your, yeah. your point was that actually by doing something, they are actually showing their trusting in the covenant promise. Yeah, and, and they're, they're following where God is leading them. They're yeah. not, uh, Naomi isn't, isn't scheming um, off, off her own um, ideas. Uh, she has seen what God has put in front of her um, and goes, okay, now it's up to me to, to make it happen. Um, or to, yeah, help it along. Now, we were going to stop here. We've got ones that have been shifted up. Um, so very yeah. quickly, Tim. Yeah. Are the gender roles seen in this chapter ones we should seek to live by today, i.e. women being reliant on male relatives? Okay, great. Um, I will come back to you on this, I'm sure, in a moment. Um, but uh, I think um, clearly we're not in the same culture as Ruth. Uh, and um, much of the Bible it is not prescriptive, it's descriptive, um, and so uh, this is not, um, uh, there, is, there is no commands to us in Ruth directly. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, as I say, you know, 
I'm not suggesting you go and lie at someone's bed, foot of someone's bed without them asking. Um, but throughout the Bible, right from Genesis, um, uh, throughout the Old Testament, and then Jesus uh, reiterates what Genesis says, that men and women are made uh, equal but different, um, uh, that that is a reflection of God's character, um, that he is uh, Trinity, um, and therefore um, men and women have different aptitudes um, and, and different roles. Um, precisely what those are is a more complicated question mm. that we probably don't have time to go into now. But no. um, yes, would you like and to? I think just in Ruth, what's really important is that uh, a widow would have been destitute and she had no option. That her only way of survival would have been to remarry, mm. um, which is not our situation you know, women can go out, they get jobs, they work, they earn income. So there is a massive, massive difference in, in yes, there are the differences between male and female, as you've, you've rightly said, but the social difference is massive. Um, so, again, we mustn't imply that that is what is being said here, that we should, women should not work. It's not saying that at all. No, um, no it should, it's a... Uh, He's showing us how generous God is in, exactly. in making provision uh, for the vulnerable. Yeah. Um, in when all the societies around them were, would not have um, had anything close to that. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you, Tim, very yeah. much. No worries. Thank you for being willing Love to, to chat more if you want to later. Yeah. So if you've got questions from that you still want to talk about, then do come and talk to us or talk to people you're with as well.